You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast. This one is in dedication to Jerry Jones, a very salty unofficial 40 podcast. I love the start to uh, it wasn't the, I mean look we've all watched a ton of hard knocks it it's not the greatest hard knocks debut that we've ever seen it was just okay but I lost my mind when I saw Jerry Jones first I noticed the salt shaker and then after he got off the phone with the doc I noticed him going for it and I was like he is not going to salt that breakfast sandwich and my mind yes. was blown agreed I will say, I feel bad. Like I, Jerry's getting old, man. Yeah, I feel like I feel like yep. this is maybe one of our last training camps with Jerry. I mean, here's, not that he's like gonna die or anything, but it just it 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 feels weird. As the oldest of us, I can tell you, crying I'm probably be- closer to death. Crying becomes more common the older you get. Like. The other day, I saw, I think it was the Utah team, where the kid's mother called him and told him that he had a scholarship. Yeah, that was good. I cry at that stuff now. Yeah. I'm just at that age where like it, it makes me shed a tear. Well, I mean... As and so big- when Jerry's sitting there bawling at his press conference, I kind of get it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, he's just he's facing his own mortality. Yeah, they like tried to kind of shape it as like a pandemic thing. I thought that was more of like a, he just knows it's coming to an end. I know that's dark, they, but... They, the way... Did, were you kind of offended in the way that they edited that? Like they tried to make it a lot more dramatic than it was. Yeah. And like they 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 longing they made it look like Mike McCarthy was just longingly staring off into the distance while Jerry was burying his soul. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but like all of the uh it just seemed like the production level they've definitely fired some people at HBO. <laughs> like I I just don't think that they have as many cameras yeah. and stuff no, anymore. No, I think you're right. They have they have a lot they they kept all the mics, but they don't have as many camera crews. It was still good though. It was a it it's was hard a, knocks, man. It was it's a pretty it was a pretty good like set the stage. I'm hoping we get more CeeDee Lamb. If you maybe had, even a little bit more Neville Neville, Neville Gallimore has the weirdest uh sneeze of all time. <laughs> it was just a cough, basically. Or like cough slash sneeze. Yeah, weird. He's one of those people that's gonna have an aneurysm because he just won't sneeze like a normal person no it it was maybe that's just a canadian thing but you know what you could have like leave schreiber narrate anything and i would watch it just because of hard knocks that soundtrack that voice it goes together so it's gonna be good i thought it was good and we got to go out to our first uh event and see football happen in front of our eyes which was good that sentence ends with a period not an exclamation point (laughs) 
It was good to be out there, though, wasn't it? To see it was. footballs flying through the air. It, that if, might be the closest we get to the football team this year, but it was good to be there. Man, it's, it's I don't know what, to, I mean, I think I'm one of these people that thought everything was good and I felt like life was getting back to normal. And then you go out fully, you know, you, you, you work to get vaccinated. So, you know, you take care of yourself and others around you. And then you go to a practice and they make you wear a mask. And I'm just, and you're the only ones. Like, we were the only ones. That was the most yep. offensive thing I've gone through since the pandemic started. Are they just started. trying to tell us, like, we don't want you here anymore? I, without saying it, they said it, yes. Tell me you don't want me here without telling me you want you don't want me it's here. It's just a slap in the face. I told somebody last weird. night. It's like, it's a slap in the face. We're outside. I, we're, we're not, fa- like, there are people on that field I know that aren't vaccinated. 100%. These kids are going to go to class with people yes. that aren't vaccinated. But we're the problem? And you pointed this out yesterday. USC is doing in-person interviews in California, Los in, in Angeles the most, County. In the most liberal county in the country. It's unbelievable. Ohio State's doing FaceTime. All they do is they make them sit at a table and they put up like those, those movie theaters. Carrie, ropes. we could do exactly what we've done with the coaches. Those players aren't coming in contact with anybody. They don't even have to wear masks in the... In the uh, Facility. It just feels like I'll, it just, I'll a, say it. It's fucked up. It just feels like it was unnecessary. It is unnecessary. Hostility. Mm-hmm. It's unnecessary, but there's nobody down there that will have the nutsack to stick up for people. I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna have to insurrect the athletic department. Well, people have like people. Have, this has been a discussion on the board, uh, and a lot of our, our message board subscribers, and I understand why. You want us to do deals like Texas and Texas A&M are doing. You want us. You pay us money. Uh, you know that players can get money. We, we always joke about the bag men. You want us to go out and do NIL, NIL deals with the players. So far, we're not allowed to do that. Which is... Which is... I was told at the beginning that that was not possible for you to be blocked from doing NIL activity. But yet, here we are. I feel like we there's... we can't do NIL activity. I feel like there's a miscommunication somewhere. Like, somebody is not getting the message. Because I what what benefit does oh you have of not like of putting their foot down with stuff like that 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 you talk about negative recruiting in today's world. oh yeah I mean if and, and somebody was like well could this hurt OU in recruiting yes it absolutely will because Texas and and you think teams in the SEC are going to be like hey if you go play for Lincoln Riley he's not going to let you make money from NIL or as much as you could here. I've, He's going to restrict you from doing things. I've also heard that Texas isn't handling it very well either. Now, there are, like, Orange Bloods has done some really cool stuff with a bunch of guys and a couple gals, but I've, I've heard that even down there they've had to jump through some hoops. I just don't think that people were, uh, I guess, ready, which is what they still kind of crazy. Like, I think it's just because you're always, you're always hit with how media is struggling. Like, look, we're not, we're not painting the roads gold or anything, but... We could pay a player to do some interviews. Like we have some money to do that kind of stuff. Like we're, a, we're and I think there's also by a, there's other also standards. A want we're a pretty successful media operation. Yeah, and I think that there's a want to do that as well, right? Like we want to do that. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty like open about that. Be nothing but sponsorships. Like they thought it was going to be easy money, in. is what they thought. They thought that Canes, raising Canes, and all these mm-hmm. places 
car dealerships, like, and that's happening with some car dealerships. Of course, it's a bad time in the car industry. Uh, but they thought they were going to have all these companies come in and just throw money at people for putting up Instagram posts. That was what they thought the extent of NIL was. And someone told us that wasn't going to happen. Anybody want to raise their hands? I mean, all of us? I, I, I was looking at you. That was something oh, you me? banged the drum really hard about, was this was not going to be everybody becomes an Instagram millionaire. Well, and like this is the problem that I see it. You know, all these schools, like OU signed up with Influencer and like a bunch of Big Ten teams signed up with that Open Doors. Here's the thing. Like, I talked to a roofing company that had a pair on Winfrey. I, remember, I think I told that story to you guys. Like, they don't know anything about going on. Like, I tried to sign up for that influencer app just to see, um, you know, what stuff was available. Uh, and they made me go through it. Like, I signed up, and then they sent me an email saying, hey, we would like to, to talk to you before we grant your membership to find out your needs. And, like, and like dude, I just wanted to see, like, what companies are, you know, what kids are up for, you it's know. It's like one of those door-to-door salesmen. Things. It's like, man, I'm not going to buy anything, okay? <laughs> just wanted like, to look. I just wanted to look at your brochure for Dude, a second. Best Buy guy, just leave me alone. I just want to look at some TVs. And if I if I buy one, I'll come get you. I'll let you know. Yeah. It's been interesting. I, you know, It's I, not gone smoothly, which I, no. I think one of us said it's not going to go that smooth. There's going to be a lot of bumps in the road. Who could have known that Derek King was going to be the biggest winner out of this whole thing? He's done great. I don't even know he if he's... He has. I guess he's a good quarterback. <laughs> I don't know if he is either. <laughs> I mean, he's, he just keeps getting <laughs> money, though. I thought the Florida Panther stuff was really fascinating. Derek King has gotten more mileage out of not finishing seasons than anyone in the history of college football basically <laughs> he might i mean maybe i don't know i want to say like trevor knight would be oklahoma's example but he's played entire seasons though i mean i mean shit Derek king trevor has knight's a- at least won a sugar bowl <laughs> <laughs> he beat alabama i yeah. don't think Der- Derek king will never beat alabama well, he'll get that chance first game of the year yeah <laughs> He's about to get hammered by Alabama. Well, hopefully they don't try and make Charleston Rambo their number one wide receiver and force the ball to him over and over again because it'll kill your receiving core. That'll be embarrassing if we, SEC, get beat by Miami in the first game of the year. no. (laughs) God, disgusting. To have Miami chanting SEC with a victory, it'll it'll be the hardest thing I've ever gone through in sports. Certainly as a member of this conference. Yeah. The next uh, day, Oklahoma football puts out, my next chapter begins in the ACC. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I did see, uh, some, and one of my buddies pointed it out, uh, when OU put up like an Instagram post of the uh, the coaches pulled number three or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the Big 12 just put like like clapping hands or something in the comment section. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like, oh, these people are going to be awful, aren't they, the next <laughs> month or year and a half. <laughs> Well, uh, let's talk about first about what we saw yesterday. Um, and, you know, speaking of Charleston Rambo, that was a discussion I had. Uh, I was just talking. Eddie came in here and I was on the phone with Dusty. Uh, and he was talking about just how ridiculous their receivers are this year. And I agree. Like, you go out there, Bob, and you watch those guys uh, and you see Theo Weiss and you see Jaden Hazelwood and you see Austin Stogner and you see Mike Woods. Uh, 
and I know we had the shit on everything pod, but when you see those guys in person, you're like, how? And you have a Spencer Rattler that is now not a rookie quarterback, uh, just struggling to find, you know, guys to complete. Like, to me, the worst thing that happened to OU's offense last year, they lost that ability to convert on third and long. And you look at the, I think, Eddie, you brought this up, the Iowa State third down stats from the two times they played last year. It was like yeah. three of 14 or something like that. Well, and I mean, we were watching the game the other night, the OU-Texas game that was being replayed on Bally. It's like there were points, and obviously in the first half they were awful, but even in the second half, things just stalled, Yeah, because, especially in the fourth quarter. Because they could not convert you know, third and longs, which Lincoln Riley has been. Baker Mayfield was fantastic at doing that. Kyler Murray was fantastic at doing that. Um, it, it Jalen Hurts kind of ran it so much he kept him, you know, ahead of the chain sure. a lot. But they went back to that where they got themselves behind the chains, and he, there wasn't enough chemistry between Spencer Rattler and the receiving core to convert those third downs. And the other thing was he was told Charleston Rambo is your guy to go to if you have a go-to receiver, and it didn't work. And it took him too long to realize it wasn't going to work. And by the time that had happened, Jaden Hazelwood had been hurt. Theo Weiss was good. I mean, like that Texas game you watch, you think, my God, Theo Weiss had a really good game. Like, I forgot how well he played at that point. Yeah, I thought that would be the breakout game. Didn't really yeah. turn out that way. But, you know, he the, leaned on Marvin the, Mims. The Texas game? Yes. Is that the yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Marvin Mims was a star. Uh, but he just never really developed that relation. And now he, you look at all these guys – and it's just like, how can he not succeed with this talent around him? There was a really good tweet from uh, one of our buddies, Alan Kenny, blatant homerism on Twitter. And uh, does I a good job. Chris Plank might have uh, retweeted it into the timeline, but it it was true. It's like, and he, he tweeted, looking at the numbers from last season, he's talking about the 2020 season, seems like we glossed over how much OU missed CD Lamb. He caught a quarter of the third down passes that produced first downs for OU in 2019. Stogner had the, lo- Stogner had the largest share of those catches for OU in 20, and he missed Five games. Yeah. He missed five that's, games. That, and that's who became his third down guy with sure. Stogner. So, I mean. Remember that Kansas game when he got his knee taken there just, out? There just weren't a whole lot of opportunities. Uh, or, I guess not opportunities. There weren't a whole lot of guys that stepped up to take advantage of those opportunities without Stogner in the lineup. And What was good to see Tuesday is we've heard about Hazelwood being healthy and sure. he's looking bigger. But actually seeing it. Seeing Hazelwood without a brace. Seeing how much bigger... Theo is in the upper body. Yeah. And it's like again, it's like, how do these guys not have monster seasons? I'm right there with you. And that's why I think and we, you've we seen talked the video about like of Marvin Mims and one on one and sure. this crazy crap he does. Sure. I and he's just only gonna get better. It's gonna be interesting to see kind of what that and I I'm sure that everybody saw the uh, Blitnikoff future winner Drake Stoops highlight <laughs> video as well. Uh but no it they physically they look great and it's just about it's it's kind of the next step you got to do it on Saturdays and I think that you know we had this conversation last week as far as uh you know somebody said something to the effect of oh stop sleeping on Jaden Hazelwood no one's sleeping on the guy I I think think everybody feels like he can have a really good year you got to go do it though I mean before he was injured I thought he was the best NFL prospect on this team at receiver and I'm still not that far off on my opinion. I mean, I still think he's monstrously talented. He, like you said, he's a big physical guy. I mean, if you look at the two guys, and this is not a this is not a slam of Marvin Mims at all, but you look at the two guys and you say, which guy do you think will play in the NFL? You're going to take the bigger guy. Yeah. 
Mar- I mean, to me, Marvin Mims is like a Marvin Harrison type. Like everybody just continually downplays him because of his physical traits. You know what's crazy though, and I guess this just kind of it reinforces the idea of not being around him very much. But I've never stood next to Marvin Mims, so I can't really put into perspective like what his size actually is. I feel like Josh is dead because I just mentioned Marvin Harrison and he didn't say anything. Well, you uh, say dead I'm and Marvin trying... Harrison in the same sentence. <laughs> you might be getting into accusations. <laughs> you, you just walked Eddie into that shit. That was <laughs> coming from the minute you said it. Marvin Harrison uh, killed the guy. <laughs> allegedly allegedly we don't we don't talk about Colts heroes like that um no yeah I, I think there's there's I, I get what you're saying there because he's not the biggest guy he's not the fastest guy but he's like he's a good he's good at everything um and uh, you know like I said I, I think I, I'm a big Mims fan but I agree it totally I mean you guys talk about which guy you're going to project I'm going to project Hazelwood even still if he can if this year he can get back to ninety five percent of the guy he's used to be, that's a that's an all American caliber talent. Sure. And I think like when you look at and believe me, I'm getting a little uncomfortable with how positive this uh, podcast has yeah. been after come last on, week. Eddie but, Darko, come on, bring no, it back. I I do think that like it's going to be super interesting to see how they incorporate that H back tight end because as we were talking before we started, like. Braden Willis looks like a dude. Stogner's obviously healthy again. How does Jeremiah Hall, and I forgot how much they used him in those little flat passes yeah. and stuff. Uh, they have plenty of talent. I mean, I, and when you when you hear Bill Beanabow, and I'm sure that we'll get into uh, the offensive line and how seemingly happy it seems that he is with that group, you start feeling a little bit more positive about this, about this thing. If only they can Guys, figure well, out what their quarterback is. I know the race is on right now. <laughs> <laughs> with all the traveling, uh, I, you know, I didn't get to read everything yet. I haven't seen everything you guys put out and all the video and that sort of stuff. But I, I, it sounds like from what you guys are saying, Stogner looked like Stogner. That that was one of my biggest questions. I, I don't know if it's as much as looking like Stogner because we didn't necess- I didn't necessarily see him as much on mm-hmm. Tuesday as, fo- as much as it was just like listening to him talk, I think on, what was that, Thursday last week? Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, just he sounds like he basically said he, he's more healthy than he's ever been at Oklahoma. That, that's, that, I, I don't think that can be overstated because, you know, talking about Mims, like do you guys think of Mims as like a true number one, like C.D. Lamb, um, Sterling Shepard, that do you, do you think he's this year? He's that kind of guy. No, I don't know that I, I think can get he's there. more like not Alvin, yet, I but can he get there? Yeah, I think he's yeah. like the Alvin yeah. Harper to Michael Irvin for you old yeah. Cowboys fans. I think that's like, and don't get me wrong, like as a, as a, a long time, nah. as a part of a whole, I think he's an outstanding receiver. I just don't know if your offense is going to be as good as it can be. He's got to be the guy the ball goes to on third and seven. Like I don't, I don't know that I feel that way about it. Um, well, we don't. It, that's now, the other thing we it, don't know about Rattler's personality with this group. Like, because mm-hmm. he's going to have a guy that he trusts, and maybe that's maybe that remains Mims, and maybe it. I'm sure it'll remain Stogner because you don't have to make a perfect throw in order for him to come down with it in a crowd. Uh, but maybe it, Theo Weiss, maybe Jaden Hazelwood, like maybe he starts to feel comfortable with another go-to guy. Maybe it's Drake Stoops. For for Marvin Mims to reach his full potential, and I I don't know if this is a negative or not. Maybe he doesn't need to be that go-to guy. 
Not saying that he's gonna go. He's gonna go yeah. under the radar, but he doesn't need to be that. Like Jane Hazelwood, just being on the field is gonna attract a lot of attention. Well, look at Charleston think. Rambo, though. I mean, that's he. They everyone thought so highly of him because C.D. Lamb took all the attention, and and it allowed Charleston Rambo to work kind of under the the radar a little bit. Sure. And then when you tried to force him to be a number one, it didn't work because he wasn't a number one. Yep. I think I think Marvin Mims is a hell of a lot better than. Charleston Rambo. I, I think in time he can he's, be a college number one. I mean, I, I'm not saying that that can't happen. I'm just saying this year I don't know that I'm ready to say he's a guy that catches 80 balls and goes for 1,300. And you know, like I, I, I don't know if. Uh, I, don't get me wrong. He can do those things. I don't know if him doing those things makes Oklahoma's offense the best it can be. That might be true. Yeah. And with all that said, we still haven't talked about the guy that Bob wrote about uh, this afternoon and Mike Woods that yeah. I I thought from a just a physical standpoint, a lot bigger and yeah. as you said, carry a lot longer than I thought he was. Really long. I mean, like you you see his highlight footage from Arkansas a year ago, and I'm sure he's put on some weight since then. I mean, he's the picture that I took of him put up at the article, he's got a nice little six-pack going there. For some uh, reason, no, I just had this idea one, that he was like... He looks a lot bigger than that. 100%. I think it's probably because he's just so long. His arms... Very long arms. I mean, basically hang, hang down to his knees. That's an odd visual. I'm not... Mm-mm, that's too easy. <laughs> <laughs> they do. That's a fact. Well, I mean, congratulations to him, Maltatov. Um, Bobby has no problem wiping when he goes to the bathroom. Um, oh, well, <laughs> we'll have to see what he looks <laughs> like in. Lay it up, we'll, to, we'll, we'll see what he looks like in football pants. Okay. <laughs> Ladies uh, and gentlemen, that was that. You can hear Eddie resisting himself in that very moment. <laughs> Um, well, we the thing that was frustrating about yesterday is you mentioned talking to Bill Biedenboe, and I would love for you guys to relay some of you know his positive thoughts. But that was the one thing that was disappointing is we are furthest away from them, so we really couldn't see a whole lot. Um, but it's like you know, that every year. Yeah, too. it's interesting, you know, watching Marcus Hicks work a little bit. Like he looks the part. Like. As a defensive lineman, even going back to high school, we went to watch him. Like he's just so much bigger than everybody else. You never really got a sense for what he was going to look like as a defensive lineman in college, uh, because it's just really weird watching a guy that's six foot five going against a guy that's five ten, and that happens a lot in Kansas high school football. Um, but like I watched him, just the drills that I saw, and he looks the part of an offensive tackle. And, and Bill gave him a lot of praise, and he told him, told us flat out that he would have recruited Marcus as an offensive lineman coming out of high school. He knows that's not what happened, but based on what he watched from his his tape, he would have taken Hicks on on his side of the ball. And uh, I'm not sure realistically when you can expect him to make an impact, but you can tell that he's at least bought into it. Like he's not moving over and still mad that he wants to play defense. You can tell he's accepted this this role, and now we'll just see how far he can actually get at this spot. Well, he had that. I can't remember if it was a tweet or an Insta or something where 
literally his first rep of offensive tackle was against it's Nick Benito. Benito. Like, that's yeah. illegal. That's wrong. <laughs> Good luck, kid. Like, are you trying to keep him on the offensive line, or are you trying to just chase him off the team completely? I think they were shaming him out of the program. Good Lord, that's tough. Um, but, yeah, for me, if he has success, I just want to, like, send someday, like, his NFL draft, like, moment to Michael Thompson and be like, do you see? Why didn't you listen? Like, I, oh, yeah. Th- I think there's a lot about his physical makeup that I, I, I'm interested. I'm very interested to see where this goes. I, I think there's a lot about it that makes sense. I just wonder how fast he can jump up because when Bill was mm-hmm. listing names, three on each side, left and right tackle, Marcus wasn't one of them. Now, that's not too surprising because he only had you know less than a week at that spot. But how quickly can he start hurt? Can he like leap over those guys that are in? Well, and the no, thing I, that you can't ignore... It's definitely a... Let's look at 2022. Yeah, you, the yeah. thing you can't Agreed. ignore is he's coming off the Achilles injury. So sure. he's going to have days uh, where he needs to sit out and he needs to rest it a little bit. I mean, it's just it's, it's, it's not going to be overnight. You, it's funny you say that, and Bob retweeted it today, but it's one year ago today he ruptured his Achilles. Here we go. Wow. Yep. One year ago. 365 days. It's kind of well, wild. Is that he going negative? Well, I, it's, it's a fact. Well, I mean, the, the, I didn't say I wanted him to tear his other one. The big thing for him is, you know, is getting over the middle hurdle of, you know, that rehab and feeling like you're back to 100%, which I don't think he feels yet. And then having days where Nick Benito kicks your ass, basically, and, you know, overcoming the, the mental hurdle of that. But I do think, you know, it does seem like we're solidifying things to the point where Tyrese Robinson is a legit right tackle candidate at this point. Do you guys get that sense? Yeah. I do, and I get why Wanye and Harrison both being at left is confusing to a, lo- a, a lot of people. It's now that you know you start hearing that Morris sounds like he might be good to go. You sort of want if if they're your two best tackles, why can't one be your left and one be your right? At least, why wouldn't you give it a look? I mean, like mm-hmm. I, I get that you know it, not every guy. I mean, we we've learned that lesson with several OU tackles through the years like you can't it's not just interchangeable it's it's hard yep. and, but he's and played Bill, a lot of right tackle Bill's like he yeah i mean he's played right tackle like it's not like it's a foreign enterprise to him well i think and, and it's hard to understand for people when they see guys like lane johnson go into the league and he's a left tackle and then he switches to right tackle one year and then all of a sudden he's the best right tackle in the league like <laughs> It people don't understand that playing right and left is a lot different, and it's been explained to me a lot over the years. Uh, but it's it's very much like being right and left-handed. There's just you have a dominant side, and just like some people can swing a, a bat right and left, switch hitters. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody's comfortable doing that. And it's it's very similar with right and left tackle from from all the people I've talked to over the years about it. And it's about that. Really, that first step. I, I mean, it really like you know, it's it's not unlike if you you know if you're a golfer, all right, just start swinging left-handed, just do it. Like it's not it's not as simple as you think it is. Everything you've ever known is reversed. the The hand that's usually on top, it's now on bottom. the 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 motion backward, it's it's exact. Everything is exactly the opposite. I know it seems like it's real simple, but it's. It's not like you're retraining your brain. I mean, it's just, it's very different. And I guess, uh, do we take that? 
I mean, we I saw the Instagram post. I shared it with you guys from Spencer Rattler uh, of he and of Andrew Rain uh, flipping him a football. I can't remember exactly what it said, uh, but it basically to me looked like a message of support. Like this is my guy with Andrew Rain at center. If there was anything that we took away from Bill Bedenbo yesterday, I I think you can go ahead and put his name down and pin boring injury as a starter so, at center. Right. So I think they have the right side. The only part that's in question to me. Yeah, Rain's locked in, so is Chris Murray still part of your five? That, to me, now is the mm-hmm. And Chris question. Murray would be, from what I could tell, left guard. Which I think is a good situation when you're talking about a, a guy in Chris Murray that is obviously really talented. Yeah. like I, you, I, mean, I, you mean Murray at right guard, right? Well, no, I mean, I'm trying to think. Okay. Hayes is left. Hayes yeah. is yeah. left guard. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that multiple times, so it, it's probably it's, why I picked up It's hard up to tell it. sometimes because I think sometimes they'll post like videos from practice that are flipped. That sounds right. That that sounds on brand. But the numbers would be backwards if that were the case. So I guess I'm letting my brain play tricks with me. It's like you got to take the uh, the pictures that they put out and like, okay, so if I'm behind <laughs> them, right and left. Yeah, because we do Zapruder stuff all the time. Like, oh, it's it's like the video they put out today of DJ Graham. It's like. Slowing it down frame by frame, Rattler walking away. Yeah, that's the motherfucker that threw the interception. <laughs> no, it's true because it is true. You know, DJ talked to us yesterday about how Rattler doesn't throw his way, <laughs> so he never gets a chance to pick him off. So it'd be God. funny if you know that interception is against Rattler. One hundred percent. I did think it was interesting that DJ Graham got into the whole receiver thing yesterday. Um, I think. We DJ Graham, I know it's early, and we've only had what two interview sessions. He might be the leader in the clubhouse for the uh, the media the award media this award year. Might be. He was great. He I would highly recommend anybody. Winner before. I don't know that we've characterized it through class. I mean, okay. I think Zach Sanchez won it two years in a row, or maybe he won it one. I think he became like a. We had him on the podcast once, and we talked about kind of what a jerk he became as a senior, and he agreed. Um, <laughs> that he just didn't want to deal with people asking him if he was going to go pro or not or whatever, or his junior because he left after his junior year, so he wanted as a sophomore, I think. I can't remember. Uh, okay, so back to kind of what we saw yesterday. I and I I said this, and I've, I think I've talked to you, Josh, and I were talking about this earlier today, and Eddie and I have talked about it. I think we talked about it in the war room, but. There was nothing more impressive yesterday than going over and watching the defensive linemen go through the bag drills. And not how they did it, but just how f***ing ridiculous that defensive line looks. <laughs> it's incredible. There's a, it, a, there's a lot of them, like you said, Bob. And B, there's a lot of bodies that it's like, you know, when we would go shoot in past years, it's like we need to get this guy, this guy, this guy. There might be three guys that really because they're stood all going to play. They're yeah. all going to they're all going to do things. This year is like, I need to get every guy. Yeah, I mean, even a guy like a Kelvin Gilliam, I don't know how much he can actually contribute, but I mean, and I think Kelvin, everybody saw Kelvin, the pictures Kelvin that Bob put up, but would it was be great. the third best defensive looking defensive lineman the last five years minimum. He might be the second on some of those teams. I mean, kid's a freshman. But, I mean, you go through that line. Like, you start off, Perrion Winfrey goes through. Then Josh Ellison goes through. Uh, then uh, Jordan Kelly goes through. Um, um, 
who am I leaving out? Jalen Redman. Jalen Redman goes through. Uh, it's, Corey Roberson. Corey Roberson. Stokes. Laron Stokes <laughs> looks really good. I mean, they're all big and they're all thick. Like I think it probably says a lot about the situation that they're in. And, you know, Grinch talked about it as far as trying to rotate six, seven, eight bodies. Uh, Calvin Thibodeau talked about it as well. But a guy like a Laron Stokes in, five years ago, he would be probably the number one guy that we're talking about as far as returning starter, a guy that's played, a guy that, shit, won the, uh, what was it, the defensive lineman newcomer, newcomer of the year, of the year yeah. for Big mm-hmm. 12. He's almost an afterthought with some of these guys. Yeah, two years ago, he was fantastic, and then he just su- sure. he suffered injuries all last year. He, he, he battled injuries, and, you know, I, I think obviously Perry on Winfrey kind of leads that group as far as guys that have a high ceiling and you can play on Sundays, but um, I was talking about some about this last night with somebody. It's almost incredible the hit rate that they've had with the JUCO guys. Joshua Elson had a great year last year, yeah. and you really kind of and we didn't mention Isaiah Thomas. Him. Oh yeah, Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> Isaiah Coast, and like he was coming on during yeah. the spring. It, it's kind of incredible. Which is it was really funny watching Jordan them all, Kelly's another guy watching them all come through because you're like, okay, these guys are all really good or they're all just okay. But then there's the one guy, the walk-on at the end that comes through, and you're like, oh, no, those guys are all really good because that's what the base, like, that's the control group right there. Sure. That's your Troy Gaines and and Zach McKinney. You all have to measure this against the fact that, you know, they're doing this considering they're on a two-year plan with their defensive line staff. I mean, it's, it's amazing that they've been able to do this with a ticking clock on them. So, uh, but no... I, Gilliam, like those pictures, I was because I when I went out there to see him this spring, I was like, "Holy crap!" And then you still see him against other college kids. You're like, "Nope, it holds up. He's still freaking amazing looking." But what you guys are talking about? You guys remember what a big deal it was to get Corey Roberson? And yeah, now we don't even yeah. know where that guy is on the depth chart. Like he, I mean, I mean, I think Alabama he's top four was interior. giving him a long look. I mean, yeah, I, think I mean, he's top four interior. Well, no, no, I mean, I'll like say, he's Laurent a quality Stokes, player. But yeah, if Laron Stokes and Jordan Kelly are making the jump that we think they are, he's not in the top four. Because three years ago, he's a starter. I mean, he's a starter right now. With if they, I mean, didn't ha- when before all these guys showed up and they just started stockpiling, you know, NFL bodies on the defensive line. I guess does it technically if they're really going to rotate that many bodies, and they would probably tell you this, it doesn't really matter who's that first group. Like Corey Robertson's going to be a contributor, but you still right? want Perry Winfrey to have the most oh, snaps out of anybody. On thousand, that percent, line. thousand percent, thousand percent. I think, I think with, Thomas. the the first group is clear, and then after that, I, I get with like I think there are. Like, I still think, it, even if you get in that second group, I think Reggie Grimes is probably, his potential is a little higher than maybe anybody else's in that second group. But after that, it, it gets a little more balanced. But that first group, I mean, that's, you know, those guys are second, third day, I mean, you know, probably second day picks uh, if they have the kind of year they're looking to have. Look, if you have Jalen Redman, Isaiah Thomas, Perion Winfrey, Nick Benito kind of as your front four, Good God. And you're doing, you're doing okay. Gotta, he's got to make that jump, finally. Right. I was going to say, it's Ellison at this moment, I yeah. think. Anyway. Somebody was saying on the board the other day, it's like, when we put up some of the video, it's like, did did they, did they people think that Redmond looked light? I think he looks great right yeah. now. I don't think he looks light at all. No. He's never looked light. It, he's a heavy kid. Yeah. You just hope he's not too <clears throat> heavy. He's a lot heavier right. than. Oh, I think he's definitely lost weight. I I think you know he looks 
Look, Very that, good. That arm injury was catastrophic for him. And sitting out, there, he really had no option other than to sit out last year. Catastrophic, yes, but blessing in disguise, maybe so. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm, kids need to go out and get hurt, but you <laughs> almost wonder if it's one of those things that, uh, and I think Calvin talked about this a little bit on uh, Tuesday, or uh, uh, yeah, I guess it would have been Tuesday. Uh, you almost wonder if like taking the game away from somebody like that maybe makes you realize how much you need it. Yeah, I I, I think for some guys that perspective is is good. He needed some per- perspective. Sure. Um kind of just walking along yesterday, uh I you know, the first thing I saw when I went to the other field was the linebackers and once again, you're just like I know Josh, you you feel this way, but it's just like Okay, I understand they've got these guys, but how is you? How are you not going to start David Aguebu? Uh, I mean, I, he he is central casting for a middle linebacker. I mean, he's what you want it to look like. I wrote it in our roundtable last week. I think he's going to make the biggest jump out of anybody on this defense. I even going back and looking at you know some of the cutups that we had from uh, the Texas game, some of the cutups we had from the Florida game. He was all over the field, but once again, dudes everywhere at linebacker. It's a great, it's a I mean, great like, thing. Even Danny Stutzman, like to me, that's the closest thing I've seen to like a Teddy Layman. Really? Yeah. Speed. I, I mean, I'm that's, telling you, that that is people are excited about him. Well, I mean, I the biggest like I guess eyebrow raiser racist th- isn't though. Is that comparing him to a white guy? No, not really. It's a little racist. It could be. It depends. But no, I'm sorry. Continue. No, the the biggest like eyebrow raiser. It was Brian Odom at uh, signing day last year in December when it's like, didn't he say that he thought he was the literally the most underrated player that he he has recruited, or the most underrated mm-hmm. player that yep. in the country? I think was the the right the For exact term. Stutzman. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think in that same story you were talking about earlier, Eddie. I made a reference. I was like that there are there was genuine shock, but complete uh, pleasure with the fact. That that kid coming out of that state, you know, for those who don't know, a kid out of Florida like Danny didn't get more attention than he should have. Like, I mean, again, people forget Clemson got real close to offering Danny. I mean, the, the, you know, and Brent Venables, he's got a pretty good eye for linebackers, and he he liked what he saw in Danny. So, I mean, there's, um, there there, I don't think Oklahoma could be much more pleased that they didn't have more competition than they got for him because he's. Like I said, I, I think he's as high end a talent as they've signed at linebacker. In a, well, I guess you want to include David Aguebu, that's fine. But I mean, he, he's right up there with anybody in a long time. It's just, I mean, you know, Bob, you know, like Brian Asamoah and Deshaun White are kind of the de facto one and two going in. But at the same time, the linebackers that they were three years ago, it's a different standard that they're that they're competing against now all of a sudden. Yeah, and I think As- I think Asamoah has done a good, a better job of staying at that type of top tier level. Maybe White was banged up. I think we sort of heard whispers about that last year. But if White doesn't step it up, I mean, Shane Witter, whether it's Caleb Kelly or Gwe- like someone's going to be there to take his spot. You want White to still be the guy because I think they love 
him sort of being the leader of the the defense and making the calls. And he's kind of the instinctual it, guy of that group. I mean, right, but it's, he's got to play at a level that goes beyond what he was re- recruited at and what their, that room looked like when he recruited for the 2018 class. Well, and kind of like what we were talking about just a second with Corey Roberson, Deshaun White was an Army All-American, guys. Like, I mean, he was a big recruit for them to land, yeah. and now he's fighting tooth and nail just to keep his job. It's an impressive group. I mean, it's, it's another great problem to have. I mean, I mean shit, we're, we've spent 20 minutes talking about it in OU defense. When's the last time we're you not could even say that? finished yet because I haven't even brought up the the cornerbacks. Well, doesn't it make you feel just so much better about everything defensively when you can look at that front seven and say those are guys that can go control the line of scrimmage, they can stop the run, they can do things that you're not having to worry about as much on the back end. And I think as we saw last year, all you need is somewhat halfway competent players up front to make that back end look better than maybe they are. I mean, what's amazing is like every group that you look at, you're just like, wow, they've really, they've really developed a group, a, a unit, except for safety. And then you know safety has some dudes that just haven't done it yet. Um, I mean, and you know Billy Bowman's there. We don't know. We've talked about it a lot. We don't know much about Jeremiah Cordell, how good he's going to be. But then, you know, Keyshawn Lawrence looks the part, definitely looks the part. Uh, and then you got DeLaren Turner-Yell, and you got Patrick Fields' experience, and you wonder with Bryson Washington if he makes that jump. So you have bodies, but, like, you look at corner, and you know you have three guys that are really good as starters. Woody Washington, DJ Graham, uh, and and Jaden Davis. But then you see a guy like Justin Harrington and in – He's so big and so physical. Like they were going through like jamming drills, and Justin Harrington was basically knocking people over. Like that's a dude, a real dude. And it was nice that Alex Grinch didn't shut the door when I when I asked him about you know possibly him still moving to safety. But he looks like he could play corner. I mean, it 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 was. I'm a, I don't want to say that I was surprised by the way that he was able to move in the limited action that we did see him, but it was like okay. I can see why they like him. And I think somebody even posted on the boards, like in the short little videos that we put up of him, is like, okay, I can see why they like him there. Yeah. Guys, I, and that, so that came up today in another thread. I think one of my on tour threads. But, and I, I want to, like, I, I don't want to speak for you guys, but for me, it's never been that Harrington isn't capable of playing corner. I absolutely think he can. I think you're trying to get your best 11 guys on the field. And if you think he's one of them, which I kind of think they do. Then his best shot is at safety. Like the, sure. the best way to make that happen. I agree. DJ Graham's not moving to safety. Uh, Jaden Davis not moving to safety. You can move Justin Harrington to safety, as, or I guess you assume you can. Maybe there's something he's you know that doesn't fit, doesn't work that we don't know. But that's the move that makes the most sense to get your most athletic version on the field. Well, and Woody Washington started as a safety. Yeah, I know you played played better than anybody ever gave him credit in that LSU game. No, oh, he did. He should have been playing instead of somebody else. I, his mom is this is a po- this is so. a positive podcast. We're not going to go down that route. We're, we're weighing out. We're, we, I think so. We got all those body bags in. I will say week. this: let's, if let's, there was one one player on OU's team that I would love to be hire to be a part of Sooner Scoop staff, it would be Justin Broyles. Yes, without question. Great human Ooh, being. Ca- or Caleb, I could do Caleb. Caleb Kelly too. too. The, yeah, the, those those two would be. Right at the top of my list for sure, because they would bring up the um, 
level of quality human being for this site. Bob's really carrying <laughs> us right now. Really so we, we could use some good people actually on this staff. It's and it's not, I don't think it's necessarily a hit on those guys as much as it is a tip of the cap to just what OU's done on the recruiting side. When you yep. can bring in some of the guys that they brought in here over the last couple of years. I mean, Key Lawrence is a perfect example, and I know it's kind of they didn't necessarily get him in the recruiting realm, but uh, I mean, you look at some of the videos that have been put out of him. You look at some of the picks that have been put out of him. It's like I can see that guy playing safety a lot for Oklahoma this year. He's just obviously got to figure it out. I mean, it's got to become more second nature to him. I think Billy Bowman's the same way. Like he's clearly one of the best athletes that they've well, you got. You just go down the the list. I mean, you throw Jeremiah Cordell in there. Uh, you know, you you can throw whoever in in the mix, and it's like they just got to be able to do it on Saturdays. I've seen it. I think the only guy that I have questions about that I haven't seen a lot from is, and it's because also not big size for the positions, Bryson Washington. Yep. I don't know where he stands in terms of being ready to make that jump. Yeah, when we watched them in the spring, I was like, that's not mentally or physically where I thought he was going to be at this point of his OU, you know, his, his time in Norman. I thought he'd be further along. I don't know if that's got to do with COVID or what, but he's someone that, He's maybe a year or two away from like being left behind if he can't start to keep up with the rest of the pace. So um, we've had some media availability this week. Uh, talked to you know coaches and players. Finally, we haven't talked to Lincoln since last week. But I, I mean, you guys have been heavily involved there, Bob. I'd just go to you. Like, what's kind of stood out? Uh, we mentioned that DJ Graham was great to talk to. Uh, had a chance to talk to Mike Woods. You wrote a story about it today. I, I assume that he's probably one of the big standouts for you so far. Yeah. I just liked his honesty about what that week was like. You know, he catches the touchdown in the Arkansas spring game on a Saturday and he's committed to to OU that very next Friday. And, you know, he just gave a lot of credit to Lincoln Riley. Didn't really talk bad about the hogs or anything like that. Just, you know, he looked at what Riley's been able to do with transfers and quarterback receiver connections and, you know, he, he was ready. The one thing I thought was interesting, he was ready to make that call very early. It only took less than a week total, but it sounded like to him, maybe within, you know, one or two days, he was ready to be a Sooner. And his mom told him to pump the brakes a little and start talking with other schools and make sure you know. But, I mean, it, it was a shock to us when he entered the portal, but in, when you talk to Woods, you can – it's obvious he knew exactly that OU is the spot he wanted to go right from the jump. Make sure the check clears, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's understandable. It's understandable. I remember watching his YouTube video when he came to campus. That was pretty good. Um, okay, you guys have mentioned Bill Biedenbow. Is there anything you wanted to touch on there outside? I mean, you kind of mentioned, you know, he's kind of solidified your thoughts on a lot of positions, but I. I don't know if it's one of those things, and I you probably find myself saying I I probably find myself saying this every year, but uh, just hearing how positively talked about some stuff, it made you feel a little bit better about that group as a whole. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that I was overtly worried about it, but it it does make you like I don't know, and maybe I guess the other side of that is is I can remember back a couple years ago, and he spoke pretty glowingly about the group and. It turned out that it still took them three or four games to get together. But I do think that 
like you look at the totality of the group, it does feel like with the way that they started last year, the lack thereof, there is a little bit of a light on as far as you can't dig yourself a hole like they did a year ago. And maybe that was because the offense was so young a year ago. But at the same time, I do think that there's a little bit more sense of urgency this year. I'll throw this to Josh. Here's your three names at right tackle. Eric Swenson, Uh, Aaron Parks, and Tyrese Robinson. Does that get the job done? I mean, Bill sounded thrilled about what Tyrese has been doing, but does that sound like the right side of the line that's getting you to a national championship? Man, I, that's not the answer a, you're looking for. It would take a big jump from Tyrese Robinson. I'm not saying that he can't do it. Um, I want to put I, just I, a big 10-second bleep right there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bigger believer than Ty, in Tyrese than most at this point, but, I, I mean, it's where his peak is. Like, is he a you know future third-round pick? No, especially not at tackle. No. So... Uh, it, it, I mean, and that's one of those things where, you know, I, I went back to check myself because what we were talking about earlier with, with Wanye, it, he, that's where he played as a freshman. He played right tackle. So it's not like it's a, a foreign thing for him. So it just surprises me that that's not getting a look. But I, I got to think that has something to do with the rumors that we've all heard, guys, that, that you don't want him taking snaps at a spot where clearly all three of those guys need snaps to learn and get familiar, get comfortable. You don't want him taking those away when there's just a finite amount of them anyway. And, okay, he's not even eligible for Tulane anyway. Like, you didn't want that to be something that came to pass. So I, I get it, but now you wonder, like, if the rumors that we're hearing are true and maybe this is, you know, that he's come out the other side of this thing, then maybe maybe you start to take a look. Because Swenson, no. Nope. Nope, that that's just that's not going to get it done. You're not going to win a national title with Eric Swenson at right tackle. I, I just I feel bad. For, you know, it's one of those another one of those deals where OU has just recruited better talent now than Eric Swenson. They should have someone there that can help. And Aaron Parks, maybe we don't know. Like I, I mean, uh, again, I don't think you want to be in that situation. I don't think I don't think he's ready, but we just don't know on him. Robinson, you know, people got mad, right? I brought his name up a few weeks ago. It's the thing that probably makes the most sense. And put him at right tackle. It puts Murray at right guard. So I, I think maybe you have your five best linemen on the field, but is that your best offensive line? Uh, that, that's the part I don't know. I think we've hit everything except for running back for the most part and the quarterback battle. Um, but... <laughs> I'll tell you this, just seeing Eric, the more I see Eric Gray, the more impressed I am. I mean, he well, is approaching, him. he's approaching like, I'm not saying he's this, but he has those legs that are a little superhero-ish. Like, like we all know that the epitome of that is, um, oh, what's his name? Penn State, New York Giants. Um, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. He's the epitome of what a ridiculous running back looks like these days. And now... Um, I can't remember anybody's names. Alabama guy uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Harris. Najee. Najee Harris. Oh, God. Uh, he's he's a lot like that, too. He's like a mini version of those guys. Just looking at like the photos I had. And he does that thing where he hikes his shorts up. So it's like he's just all tri- or all hamstrings and quadriceps. It's just ridiculous. I'm really excited to see him run. It, it, I mean, that picture that uh, DeMarco put up of all the running backs – 
they they look physically they look great. Yeah, and we didn't even really notice Bradford, um, and he everything we've seen of him is ridiculous. Well, it was also good to know that Kennedy Brooks still knows how to hit a hole. We did confirm that. That's earlier the today. problem with Kennedy Brooks. It's like if you go out there and watch them, and you just have to decide on a starter based on looks. Mm-hmm. Kennedy Brooks it's, is probably fourth on the depth chart. It's not Brooks. Yep. But when you when you snap the ball and hand it to him, it's like what was the the video you made uh, with the Chicago song? Uh, you know, like Lincoln oh, said, looks yeah, like he's easy, walking a dog. Easy like Sunday morning. Uh, no, that's Walk Commodores. It, uh, well, I think that was the song that I used though. Mm. I can't remember. I got a DM, DMC thing about it. Yeah, I think they shut it down on Facebook. I remember because it was like a. Saturday in the park. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, that, was that a Chicago song? Yeah. Okay. It there is something very smooth about the way that he runs, uh, and I think that it's going to be a pleasant surprise. I, like when you talk about the running back situation in Norman, nobody's worried about one two. One two might be better than anybody else in the country. It's always going to be the what do they do if somebody gets hurt. And with the running back situation, it always feels like that's the case yeah. in Norman. And not just Norman, probably any campus. Running backs get beat up every year. It just happens. So is Trey is Trey Bradford going to be that guy? And if he's not, you know, what's Marcus Major's situation? He's Who's obviously at practice. practice. Yeah. He's going through drills. They're not holding him out or anything. He's Which is there, another but... thing. Like I think that everybody kind of thought that Marcus Major and Wanye Morris just weren't going to be at practice. That's not the case. Yeah, we're talking about playing on Saturdays. Yeah, and they're pretty lenient with that stuff. Sure. Nowadays, they don't just make you sit around. Sure. So yeah, I mean that's that's the big question. How effective are they going to be running the ball and uh, keeping Spencer Rattler out of those third and long? So. All right, uh, Josh, I know you've been out on the road this week. Just getting back, uh, let's talk about your recruiting adventures. Uh, yeah, made a kind of a like a horseshoe around Texas. I did the hor- I, in honor of the Colts and all the great news going on with that franchise right now. Um, started off in Beaumont, went out and saw Demetrius Hunter. First time, uh, not first time seeing him, but first time catching him at a start practice. Um, and I thought... More than anything, I came away thinking, okay, this is this is one of those guys that in a camp he's okay, he's solid, and that's what we saw at the at the two different camp events we saw in the spring. But when you watch him in a team setting where he's doing inside drills and doing, and there's the run action, he, he's a different guy. He's a very he's a very high quality center, and you can understand what Bill Bedenboe's excited about with him. But I also thought he trimmed up a little bit. I thought he looked good. Um, and looked uh, a little quicker on his feet than I'd seen him before. So, uh, again, you know, just a solid Bill Biedenboe-type offensive lineman. Going to be a guy that, you know, if everything works out for him, he looks like a multi-year starter just watching him. So, Did you take um, any pictures of him from head to toe this time? Uh, Yeah, actually. Got got a few out there, you know, and have tweeted them out. You know, Kerry, now I will say, and I, I should have told you this on the phone call earlier, this would have been your um, – your nightmare photo scenario. This was not a great photo trip. I didn't three, have a great photo photo day yesterday, so I'm not one to judge right now. Three of the five practices were 
almost unanimously in indoor facilities. Yeah. And I don't blame you for um, that stuff. Yeah, that that so we 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 were scrambling a little bit. Came out with some good stuff, but not not nearly as much as I would have liked to have had. Um, and uh, you know, after after seeing um, Hunter went up to East Texas and saw Kip Lewis, uh, the rivals two fifty linebacker from Carthage. I, guys. Lewis, like I said, he's uh, kind of opposite of Hunter. He's he's put on a little weight, looks a little better, uh, starting to look like a you know a college ready guy. And like Hunter, he's going to be a midterm grad, so he's already you know kind of down that road thinking about it. But guys, I, every time I go to Carthage, it that is a small college. Like it amazes me the efficiency they run with, and getting to watch all these practices, you can see how different coaches do it. It's not a huge surprise Scott Surratt is really really successful that that dude just runs a well-oiled machine it was impressive watching him and kip is he's smarter for it you you can tell he's a guy that just understands what he's doing where he's supposed to be and it kind of is a part of a theme i'm noticing in this 2022 class there's a lot of guys with a lot of leadership abilities these are guys that are not just good talents but guys that get it they they understand the work that's required, they understand, you know, what they need to do to make their team better. They're the guys, you know, patting guys on the butt, you know, getting everybody moving, getting the energy going when they, when things get a little stale. I, I don't always see that. So it, it has stood out to me and I think could be one of the overriding themes of this class as we kind of keep going on. Have you noticed, and I guess it's easy to say this, and there have been good talkers in the past. Like Jeffrey Mead was a great talker. You just would never expect him sure, to contribute yeah. on Saturday. Uh, unless Trevor Knight's throwing the ball 25 yards out of bounds on a Hail Mary in Fort Worth. But that was the Katy Perry curse. That was the Katy Perry. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Has there been a, a change in the way that, and I don't want to say the a way, but it seems like there's more and more of those guys. Like DJ Graham, great talker. Eric Gray, great talker. Yeah. Is, is there something, am I looking for something that's not there? Have they made a like a philosophical change as far as the guys that they go after? And I say that on the heels of three guys being kicked off the team for felonies. But yeah, Mikey Henderson was a pretty good talker. Yeah, I, I, um, Mikey was great to talk to, um, and so so was Trajan. Trajan yeah. was always pretty good to talk to. So um, you know what? I I take my question off the table. <laughs> forget that. Forget that I've said any of that. The, the only problem is, and you were in school, uh, or maybe not even in you. Yeah, no, you weren't even in school yet. Adrian Peterson, worst talker ever, best player. Oh sure, and there's always going to be guys like that. It, and the thing that would amaze you about Adrian is Adrian always seemed nervous. I'm like, dude, you are the most talented human being I've ever come across. Yeah, you don't you have nervous? to be nervous yeah. about anything. Like he was no, he was every, really good one on one. But like you put a bunch of microphones yeah. in him and it mm-hmm. freaked him out. Yeah, at, at, at his, I was you know again I've told the story a bunch of times. I was at a signing day ceremony and you could tell all the cameras. I mean there were some Dallas TV stations there. I mean there was a lot of presence there. And you could tell, you know, mom and his stepdad really kind of helped him through that because he was there. There was, I mean, he's a small town Texas kid, man. It's more than he'd ever seen. So, um, recent years, but, it was Dede Westbrook because he. Mm-hmm. Everyone say he had this great personality, funniest guy on the team, and you put cameras, put the cameras in front of him, he just closed up like crazy. Yep. You know, and it's and it, I, it's funny, Bob, how much that happens. Guys that I know are like really would be great if they would just let themselves be comfortable 
in the situation, but they it just it makes them nervous and they clam up and you're like, man, you you really people would love you if they just got to talk to you a little bit and get a feel for you, um, which kind of leads me into um, the the my next stop was at Arlington Martin in Dallas. Uh, got a chance to see JV and Toviano, who um, Rival just updated their 2023 rankings, put out their first 250, and Toviano came in at number 15, which in any year in recorded history is a five-star. So he's of that caliber to me. I mean, this is a guy that um, just looks like a million bucks. I mean, he, he is six foot, six foot one, well put together. I mean, he's one of those guys that, you know, we talk about all the time, you know, five stars, like you shouldn't have to look for a five star. You should walk on the field and you're like, that's him. That's, that's JV and Toviano. There's no question who he is the second you see him. And that's, that's something at corner. I mean, it, offensive line, that's easy. You're probably six, eight and 330 pounds. As a, as a corner, it's harder to stick out, but he definitely does. Um, and like I was saying, just an incredibly engaging kid, very easy to talk to. Um, did something I've never seen a guy do. I, so a lot of the work they were doing yesterday was offense. So he was working a lot of running back. And, of course, he knew, you know, I, I would like to see some corners. So at one point they broke off into a little bit of seven-on-seven, seven, and he literally had one of his teammates come get me and let me know <laughs> that he was going to play some corner. And he was like, hey, come over here. I love that. And, and I, it was amazing. <laughs> like, I've never had a kid give me that consideration. And it, it's fine. Like, I don't hold that against those kids. I just think it's awesome Toviano did it. So, um, and like, you know, good interview. Talked a lot about how much he enjoyed. Um, he made two trips to Norman this summer, one kind of on the fly, uh, in early June. And then he came back for Champ U and, you know, just, just love that. Um, talked, um, j- just about being around the guys, being around the coaching staff. He plans to come back for a game. This is, again, I, if you would have told me on June 1st that OU would be where they are with him, I don't think I would have believed you. But they've got a legitimate chance at him. They, they really do. And this is this is what we talk about, guys. Like It's great for Alex Grinch and the staff to go make these great evaluations like DJ Graham. And, I mean, I, I know Graham was committed before, but just kind of as an example. Um, go find these players and turn them into great players. But, man, when you can go get the guys that everybody wants, that maybe they can help you as freshmen, Latrell McCutcheon's a perfectly good example as well. Those kind of elite talents, yeah. I mean, though, that's when you start to move into that Alabama-Clemson territory where your freshmen, if you've got to play them, they're good enough to do it. And that, that, that's what you want to get to. And Toviano is that kind of elite talent. You just... You've stunned the crowd with silence. I know. Well, I'm, I'm trying to break it up because I made five stops, and I was like, I don't want to do this whole thing where I talk for 15 minutes about all want. five stops. I was like, yeah, I mean, I you just want I kinda, me to shut up and you to talk. Oh, God, you know, I, I, guys, I want that too, but you know, it's that's the way that goes. <laughs> Son of uh, no, I'm watching another police chase here in Oklahoma City. No way, is it an ATV again? No, it's better. Is motorcycle. it an Edmund? Motorcycle. Is it an Edmund? Motorcycle. Northwest what Oklahoma is going City. On? And he just the guy just pulled up to his house. He just puts like like he's just going home for dinner. Like it's been a long day of work. He's done it's, for the day. It's a hot ass day on your motorcycle. You need a beer. He's going in to get his beer, and he'll be back he in like a minute. Stopping at a convenience store, and maybe hoping no no one knew where he was. The cops must have. <laughs> did the cops pull off of the uh, chase? Because I haven't seen any of the uh, cop cars. Uh, 
Josh had the floor. We are enamored with the two chases we've had. Uh, Nothing is nothing's better than the guy on the ATV yesterday that. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Was handcuffed. handcuffed. Going. I don't want to go seventy on an ATV, let alone be handcuffed to go on seventy. And I don't know if you've ridden a lot of ATVs, but being on a dirt road is not the safest thing. You hit no. a, bump, a bump on those, and those things go out of control. I did not do a whole lot. The only ATV driving that I've ever done was uh, we had one uh, down at a buddy's house at the lake uh, down at Ufall, and I didn't want to drive it, so my other buddy got on it, and he went up a hill, and the ATV came back and crushed him, and uh, he had to have a bunch of surgeries. So it was kind of my fault, but (laughs) no big deal. I still have scars all over my body from being thrown into a barbed wire fence. Ugh. They just Guys, I live in Houston, and I'm legitimately terrified to return to Oklahoma roads. Like, this is, you guys have got an <laughs> epidemic going on there. Something's happening on the gotta, road. Well, I mean, the cars you drive, you can take out most of these vehicles. That's you don't have to right. worry. Oh, sure. I mean, I'll clip this motorcyclist. Fine. It's no problem. I wouldn't even notice he's there. But, uh, you know, n- neither did the guy in the big red truck. That was insane. I, that That's one of the craziest th- videos I've seen. Just kid in the back seat. We're just going to take out the car. is what that was. Yep. I mean, but impressively so. Like, it, it's, yeah, it's not... not like he was even driving like a 2500 or a, you know, yeah. t- a 250 or anything. Like, he was just driving mm-hmm. regular pickup, Silverado. Yep. Or something. Uh, but, I think and, it was a dual just an cab. idiot. Uh, it was all jacked up. You're like, dude, you're going to lose that leverage fight every time. That's, and what you I know, didn't let me, understand, let me tell you a little football here. He wasn't mad at the truck that was holding up the car in front of the, the guy. He was mad at the SUV. I don't know if that was a Lexus or not. I care. What yeah. are you talking about? There was a black pickup in front of the SUV that was that was holding them up. Like, they wanted to pass. They were tailgating oh. the car in front of them. It's beautiful. That... I mean, I Texas roads. You see some things, but that that one was that was up there. You well, I mean, um, here's the thing: in Texas, what it is when you get icy roads, the people in pickups do not recognize that ice affects your driving, and they just continue to drive like bats out of hell. Correct, and they cause all the problems. Special, especially if you get even like two minutes outside of a metroplex area, like you get just starting to get out in the country. It's it's total Armageddon out there. I do have a question that I've thought about this week, recruiting-wise. Uh, there's probably no chance in hell, no matter what happens from now until the final rankings, that Malachi Nelson would ever pass Arch Manning in the rankings, would he? Because Arch Manning, to me, seems like an industry upon himself. <sighs> I mean, the- it's the most... like. He's the he's the like Malachi Nelson might be Patrick Mahomes, but Arch Manning, everyone knows that name. So everyone talk like even the mainstream media is interested in talking about Arch Manning. It's like it's like if uh, you know Michael Phelps maybe wasn't the best swimmer, but everybody knows Michael Phelps, so they talk about him more. Yeah, it, uh, it like if Michael Phelps had a kid, like automatically right. that kid's yeah. the the you know the number one swimmer and all. I, and okay, there, there's two sides to it. One, I'm basically saying the, how how uh, how corrupt is our industry, Josh? <laughs> one, the, the, uh, well, no, made that jump on uh, Monday. For those that don't know, Nelson yeah. was the number one ranked quarterback. Now Arch is officially ahead of him. The there are two sides to it. One, 
OU fans trying to convince yourself that Arch Manning isn't an absolute baller, <laughs> you're out of your damn minds. He's really, really fucking good. Like, don't do this to yourselves. Like, you just look stupid. He's going to be very good. But the he thing is, is he's absolutely not Peyton or Eli's son. He's Cooper's son. Yeah, he is worthy of this conversation. The son of the broken Manning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was it, the best athlete. Cooper did have injury issues. He did. The, the kid's did. injury problem. Do we I, know if he has like spina bifida? I just he, he's that. genetically injury prone. Just start the rumor that they use Peyton's sperm to make the kid. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, it's actually if Archie's he, son. If he falls in the rankings, then floated out, then it might be Peyton's son. Uh, guys, if you want to know how how um, corrupt our system is, I don't know if anybody heard Bob stifling his laugh there. It's like Bob might be on the take from the Mannings. Like, I, I don't know. I'm a little concerned about that, that non-laugh there. Like, Bob, it's okay. You can laugh at Arch Manning and possible uh, insemination. That, that Bob might have Prisbillo, did OU sign the wrong guy? Go. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but it's funny but, that now, Nelson didn't move. He's still number two. Yep. Now he's he just got passed. the number two quarterback. At the same time, as I say that, Arch Manning is worthy of the conversation. I don't really understand what he would have done this summer to move past that vaults him over Malachi. Malachi came to one of our camps, was very good there. Now, I wasn't there, so I, I, I'm kind of getting on to fans for doing the same thing I'm doing right now. I'm talking a little bit out of turn. But at the same time, I, I mean, Arch went to the Clemson camp and you know went viral because he made that one throw with the pump fake that everybody loved. And don't get me wrong, great throw. Like, both these things can be true. I don't know that Arch should have moved in front of uh, Malachi Nelson. Arch Manning absolutely is, wor- you know, is capable of being in front of Malachi Nelson. So both of those things can be true, but the timing of it looks weird. And there's no question. You put Arch Manning as your number one player in the country, you are going to get more page views, more hits, more attention. And I can understand the draw to that. I don't think that's what's happened. I've known the guy, I've known Adam Gorney and all these guys forever. I do not believe that would be their motivating factor, but I can certainly understand if it was. Is it a, I know this sounds bad and I, this is probably why I'm not competitive enough to ever be one of these guys, but like being the number one and number two player in the country, is it really a big difference? <laughs> None. Seriously. None. No, nope. uh, it would be a guys, big. I mean, it would be a big. Hundreds of like, thousands of high school kids play high school football. It, you know how it works, though. I, I mean, know, I know, I know. Got to find the chip somewhere. I know. I've said it before. I'd it's rather be the number segments. one player in California than the number one player in Louisiana. The these days, the gap. I don't know. Uh, the the gap between like one and ten, it's almost non-existent. Sure. Those are all. Guys that should someday be future first round picks. Like they're all it's a, great, it's a conversation that we can have, though. Yep. Oh yeah. It's for it's for fodder more than anything. Got and that's the thing I try to tell people all the time. Like guys, rankings. It's not. It's never going to be exact. You're talking about human beings with opinions, and I, I hate to use the word biases because I don't think it's about oh this school or that school. That's the way people hear. That's what they think when they hear biases. What I mean is. I prefer a quarterback that plays like this, or I like my offensive lineman long and lean, and while this guy wants the guy that's 310 pounds, like you have your own preconceived notions of what 
you want to evaluate and what's important to you. So that's going to – it's unavoidable. It can't not be in there. And at the same time, you're ranking other human beings who are inconsistent. I mean, I might see a guy on a great day, and I'm like, boy, he's incredible. That that, that guy should be a five-star. And then somebody else sees him, and he, he just off that day. He, I don't know. He had, he had the flu all week. I mean, it could be anything. And he's not himself. And so you get all these variables that you just can't control – and so the people that expect, well, this guy last year was the exact same measurables and he was great at camp, it's different. Every guy is different. There, there's no way to make that uniform. You just you can't. Um, so, yeah, people that get let the, like the rankings bother them, to, don't be crazy. Stop being a crazy person. Like, it's, it's a good basic barometer, but the difference between number two and number six is non-existent. Yeah, I think, I mean, from a rival's perspective or any network's perspective, you just hope that the five stars you take are all first-round draft picks. That's yes. kind of, that's all yeah. you could really hope for. Sure. Jaden Hazelwood is hoping the same. That's why it doesn't make any sense when you have 60 first, you know, five stars in a class. I preach. I, I think in a in a truly, like, Adrian Peterson, Ted Ginn, that 2004 class is always one that sticks out in my head. That kind of year, maybe there's 20 guys. Maybe. Most years we, we're ranking 30, 32, and there's just not that many five-star guys. Missed a kid in 2005 out of Putnam North. I know that. No, I, I had Sam graduated in 2006. Sam graduated in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> Old Fast Eddie. That was, one, that was one of the best board chat questions of the week was um, who would win in a triathlon between the four of us. That well, was, I would um, die. God. I, I, no, well, I, I told the we swim is the die. start. Well, Eddie and I would die for similar reasons, terrible life choices. Uh, Bob would die just because he's Bob. Uh, Josh just wouldn't finish. I would not finish. Yeah. See, that's my so only no hope. no one would you, win. <laughs> no. I need How several of you it? to drown during swimming. That's going to be my only chance to win this thing. I am. I'm oh. drowning during swimming. Oh, your intestines right. would explode long before that happened, Bob. I, well, the swims start, so they might explode, and then he drowns. I mean, like it, you know, it could be a, a mutual thing here. Uh, but I was like, I, I, my, my knee is not in great shape. I, I, there's no way I'm holding up on the run. Hmm. What is it? Try it's swimming, biking, and uh, running. Running, right? running. Yep. yep. I think it's like a hundred mile bike too. Yeah, it's it's something pretty pretty intense. And the How run, is, I want to say, is a, is the run a marathon? No, it's not that far, right? I think for the Ironman, it is. Yeah, that's what it is. I think maybe it's a half for the triathlon. Um, but yeah, it, I was like the. And then I was like, the only way I'm winning this is if literally coworkers die. So the that, only that's, thing that's, that's good about it is they let you ride a bike after you get out of the water. So, like, it'd be more awkward to run a marathon after you get out of water because it take you a while to dry off. Eddie would definitely be that guy that knocks all the water bottles off the station. What a move that was! <laughs> what a smart move! It's a little gamesmanship. It did make a lot of sense. That guy was from France, though. The dirty, dirty French. I'm trying to look and see. Three kilometer run, twelve kilometer bike ride. I don't know how far a kilometer is though. Oh, that's a hundred, a thousand, a thousand meters. 
So the Olympic, that was in 1920. So that the Olympic triathlon is is a nine tenths of a mile swim, 25 mile bike, and 6.2 miles run. I could walk the 6.2. I can't run it. It's only 25 miles. This knee would literally explode. Yeah, that's what it says. The Olympic is. Yeah. So if Josh the has full, survived, he will just walk and he will win. That I think say that's the only thing <laughs> I can't let you guys finish? out of the water. Uh, the the water is. I can do the bike. But the running, if I'm not an hour in front of you guys, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I had Seems lifeguard right. status at age 11. I passed all the tests, so I could do the backstroke. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That looks so leisurely out there doing yeah, it's the my triathlon. big gut sticking out of the water while I backstroke my way. I prefer to just victory. To, I prefer just to drown. Don't save me. Would we at least get like a month to train, though? I mean, yeah, couldn't do day. it tomorrow. God, I mean, tomorrow would be, you know, kind of, you know, um, very dark comedy watching that happen. But here's my thing, though. I don't like I don't like swimming. I don't like getting wet. Really? Yeah. Didn't you make a video of you getting out of the water? Yeah, but that was for content. <laughs> Lounging in the bathtub. I don't like sitting in a pool. <laughs> now, with lit candles. I will say bathtubs are gross. Just. I haven't uh, taken around yeah. in your no, own. Face. I haven't. I haven't taken a. I haven't taken a bath in fifteen years, twenty years. That, that he had. I. I'm sorry. As a man, bathtubs are not acceptable. D- d- don't. Don't be that guy. Like space, bathtubs are gay. <laughs> it's a little ticket drop. Well, someone sends its giant penis into space and. All right. Um, we'll finish the uh, recruiting stuff. Yeah, yes. let me finish the recruiting part. We yeah, I'm halfway some, through my trip. Some, you're, oh, we're only halfway, and then we have some commitments to talk yeah, about. Yeah, Mackay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, so we'll, we'll wrap up with, I guess, two of the kind of less-known guys in the class. I went and saw Xavier Bryce at Arlington Seguin. Um, uh, another guy, first time to see him, kind of first time to watch him. Really... Um, Long athletic guy, you can see what you know what OU likes there. He's six foot, six foot one. I know some people had you know read six three, six four. He he's he's not that tall, but he's he's very long armed. Like I would say he's six foot one, and I bet his wingspan is six six. I mean he's very um very much a guy that even if he might get beat on a route, he can get in a hand into the into the passing lane. Um and kind of what I was talking about with Kip Lewis. Like Plays court. He's going to be their starting quarterback. He's going to start at corner. He's a backup punter. He's the holder on the kicking team. Like, I mean, he is, he does everything and was real, you know, very much, like I said, the leader of that team. You could tell everybody looks to him. Seguin's been down for a long time. He's really one of the guys they're kind of building that program around. Um, the head coach, uh, Coach Gordon is a guy that actually was at Kansas State with, um, with Bill Snyder. In you know, kind of two, uh, 2009, like 13 kind of era. So he's a guy that has been around a lot of good athletes and called Xavier on the best athlete he's ever coached. So this is a this is a guy. Like I said, this is an interesting guy. I think he's going to need time. He's still very lean, um, raw as a player. I mean, he's a guy that plays corner just on natural God given ability, and I think given time, he can be a very good player. But I just he's one of those guys. Like I said, that I think. Kind of like um, uh, Demond Harmon, that just going to need some time. You know, just need some time to kind of 
learn what he's doing, learn all the nuances, and once he has time to fully focus on corner, getting bigger, getting stronger, I, I think he could really take off in the weight program. Uh, and the last guy I saw was Cedric Roberts, uh, the defensive tackle commitment from Pflugerville Hendrickson. Saw him actually this morning on a Wednesday morning, and it doesn't take a lot of time to figure out what OU likes there. I mean, another guy, huge wingspan. Probably, I bet he's 6'3", but I bet, that again, that wingspan's probably 6'6", 6'7", real long-armed guy, uh, very twitchy. They're going to play him some at defensive end more this year. So some of the video that, I, that I've sent to Eddie, people are going to see it and be like, ah, there's times, because he's still learning. He, he doesn't even know, like, he's still learning his jobs. You know, like, it's, it's just changed his whole role within the Hendrickson defense, and they're doing it because he's a pass rusher. He's a guy that can create pressure off the edge, and that's what I talked about in the commit breakdown was just watching his tape. You see a guy that can create pressure from the inside. They're going to slide him outside and let him do it a little more freely without so um, just making it more difficult for offensive lines to double-team him. So there is, but I mean, explosive first step, very good closing you know, in space. Um, there's some clips people are going to see where you know, he redirects and chases down a running back and stuff like that. I mean, he is he's a unique athlete. He, uh, again, like Bryce, he's going to need time, um, still learning his way through everything, going to need to get in the weight room because he's probably 6'3", 265 right now, somewhere in that ballpark. And, you know, to play inside, he's going to need at least 15, 20 pounds. But he's long enough and lean enough. It'll happen. It just He's got to be given time for it to do so. And uh, the commitment of Mr. Lemon over the weekend. Yeah, um, you know, I guess obviously, we go back uh, to Friday. Yeah, even start with Luke. Oh yeah, 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 has, yeah, has. yeah. yeah. Uh, Luke has who you know since his commitment has jumped up even higher in the rivals ranking. He's now at number thirty nine. Uh, I believe the number two tight end in the country. Um, huge win for Oklahoma. I mean, the, you know, it's been a long time, guys, since we've seen a major in state recruit pick Oklahoma or well not a major in state the number one guy in state pick Oklahoma this early on and I, I think that says a lot for what OU is doing in the 2023 class I've done an interview with him I actually need to get that story up I, I did it right before I hit the road and so I just haven't had a chance to sit down and write it but he talked to I me mean, he's been talking to Malachi Nelson ever since the champ U barbecue and I think really since that trip to the barbecue he kind of knew Oklahoma was going to be his choice but um, it just, you know, it taken some time, sat down with his parents on a couple different occasions and just kind of worked it out. But this is, I mean, I, I again, in the commit breakdown, guys, that's Mark Andrews. Like, that, he looks, and he was talking to me uh, during that interview where Lincoln has brought that up too. Like, you remind us of Mark. We want to use you like that. Um, so, I mean, you know, ne- never bad to be compared to a Mackey Award winner. So, um, that's that's what... Luke has that's his ceiling I mean he's got a chance to be OU's best tight end since you know uh since Andrews in my opinion so a lot of athleticism there and this is a guy people forget last year was his first year high school football he didn't even play at Bixby as a freshman so there is um there's a lot of room still for him to grow not only you know with his frame but just being a better player and then follow it up with Makai Lemon on Saturday I mean just insane few weeks for OU uh, with what they're doing in the 2023 class. Uh, Lemon, I've said it a bunch of times, I, I think he's a good receiver. I, he kind of has some Sterling Shepard in him. I, I see some of that in his game. Um, 
But if it doesn't work out a receiver, I'd take him at DB in a heartbeat. I, I think he could play safety. He could play corner. He's natural with the ball in the air. So he's one of those guys, like I said, he's, he's a good problem because I think he's going to be great at receiver. I think he'll be a, you know, he's a all-conference caliber talent. And then you throw in, well, okay, if that doesn't work out, we could easily slide him to the defensive side of the ball, and we've got a good player over there then. So he uh, it, he brings a lot of versatility. He's a quality return guy. The the game I saw him, he had a ninety yard touchdown return um, on a on a punt. So there's uh, again, I mean, I don't know how much more you can say about this twenty twenty three class. They're just bringing in dude after dude right now. Eddie, let me ask you this: You went out, uh, we flew you out for uh, uh, Malachi Nelson's commitment. Yeah, uh, you spent time with his family afterwards. Uh, they invited you over for some barbecue. Um, tacos, tacos. Uh, it, now was lemon there and Modelo's. Yes. Did you know then he was going to commit to OU? He didn't say that. I mean, because I would have got an interview with him if he had. <laughs> but I mean, there was. I walked away from there thinking it's a pretty good idea that he's going to commit to Oklahoma, and especially when he said, you know, basically when do, when do you have an idea of when you're going to commit, and he's like early August. He knew then, yeah, that it was probably headed down this road, and I think that you know his relationship with uh, Malachi has been documented as far as them wanting to play together. Uh, hell, Josh, even in the interviews that we ran when you were out there back in April, I think it was a not set in stone. I think there was a pretty good idea that he was going to end up at OU or they both were going to end up at OU. Yeah. I, you and know, I, it's and even more interesting too. Now that Deandre Moore's entered into the mix at Los yeah. Alamitos as well. He's the kid yeah, that's they, transferred in from Bishop Gorman, right? Mm-hmm. And guys, one of the interesting things that I don't know has gotten a lot of attention. Um, Malachi works with a quarterback trainer named Danny Hernandez in uh, Southern California. It sounds like Hernandez is now going to probably do some work with the Los Al staff there at Los Alamitos. So you wonder a little bit, like, does that become a, you know, does Oklahoma maybe go back to Danny Hernandez when he, you know, inevitably finds another Southern California quarterback? Because, um, you know, when you produce a guy like Malachi, everybody wants to go work with you. Sure. So he'll inevitably have some more guys coming. And and it, funny coincidence enough, one of his guys that I know he's pretty excited about actually just moved to uh, Oklahoma and is going to be over at I believe Edmond Memorial. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, there's 20, a, and is in the twenty twenty five. So fits the year. I mean, like again, <laughs> we we don't know. I'm not saying I haven't seen that kid throw the ball. What are you like, I, cover I don't know. Seventh graders now. Yep. Oh, creeps. That, that day, hey, I, I've got my first top. You know top 10 for the class of 2029 in Oklahoma they're um, they're doing great the first year in pads we're really excited about them um, but no it's uh, I I think and I thought one of the you know yesterday OU made one of the few offers we've seen in the last few months to a kid from Corona Centennial uh, cornerback in the 2023 class Oklahoma is going all in in Southern California they're gonna go after every elite dude they can find because Malachi gives them, and, and Makai and possibly DeAndre, if that goes down um, the way I think it might, that gives you a lot of traction in one of the most talent-rich places in the country. In, impressive stuff. Um, and worth two trips out there. No doubt about it. You, and you know what's crazy, too, about... Uh, Does it mean we have to take, like, five trips that are going to suck and not pay off now? Uh, we'll just send Nick over. 
We just seem to go Shout west. Out we do we, we, we do finally go west. Yeah, that's never really been a problem. It's mm-hmm. well, we got to get used to being an SEC country and that's mm-hmm. covering some wins that end up panning out. It's true. Do, does that happen? Is that a thing? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Hey, Jacob Phillips. How you doing, buddy? I think it depends on... I think he's on, doing all right. He's one, he plays for our team now. Yeah. He's on the Browns. He's on the Oklahoma City Browns. Well, I mean, he's an SEC brother now. He's well, true. SEC yeah. Let we're... bygones be bygones. <laughs> You're right. I forgot about that. <laughs> it is kind of interesting, too. I We need to get up and see Luke just because we haven't uh, seen him do a whole lot. But we saw him at the Under Armour camp couple weeks ago and i saw one of the uh, tulsa guys ran by and did an interview with him yeah uh i think it was morgan beard guy that works for ktol yes with uh tj eckert and his shoulders you can just tell he has gotten i, I bet he's gained 15 20 pounds this summer just in between the time that we saw him during the spring and uh now getting ready to start his the beginning of his junior season great point eddie <laughs> All right, well, uh, practices resume. Uh, We'll have another shot to go out and see the team next week, which will be nice, hopefully. Well, I'm not going to say it. Um, Eddie knows where I'm going. Um, I'm going to get out there at 745 just to make sure that they don't start early. Yeah, yeah. It was a a rough first uh, try for everybody, I think. My pictures weren't the best. They started too early, earlier than they said. Did you get five minutes of quarterbacks because they had state secrets that we couldn't film? We should just start flying a uh, drone over practice every day. Just force them to get a shotgun to start shooting it down. <laughs> Shoot That'd it be down. Be great, scoop HD. I would love to. Uh, what we should do is just go get like get a mini drone that would just annoy people, like that didn't actually take video or anything, but just, just to screw with them, flying around over yeah. there. I've always said we should just get one of those apartments. Just live out of the apartment over there across the street from the rugby field for a month. Maybe when what do you think they would do if they saw like windows open and we just have cameras and telescopes like pointed towards the football field. I, I can't what we should not... do is just get telescopes and just just go put them in parking lots. Local influencer shot and killed this afternoon <laughs> by university police for watching practice. It, it feels like a bad cop movie, like a you know, like a stakeout. Like we're just sitting there eating like crappy sandwiches, and like rappers are on the ground, <laughs> just cameras going all all twenty four hours. He's I been hope, living off chicken salad and cigarettes. I hope those concrete barriers were just there for move in day. If those things are always going to be there, where at? That's a little ridiculous. Just the road right in front of the rugby fields. Yeah, J, uh, JT oh. Blankenship. Yeah. I, I think those were just for uh, because, which is another thing that just kind of pissed me off when I arrived on Tuesday morning. Who's the bozo brain that thought it's a good idea to uh, repave the Lloyd Noble Center parking lot on August 11th? They've had three and a half months to do it. It's like OU Texas tra- uh It's like, uh, like uh, construction on I-35 the weekend of OU Texas. You have probably a lot hundreds like, of weekends to do this. Probably a lot like all the unfinished product projects we all have from the pandemic that we never finished that <laughs> still sitting around, like all my light switches and outlets that I haven't changed yet. Just, just things get in the way. 
You didn't think life was coming back to normal, and then it did. I've been planning for this. So, um, but yeah, I mean, lots of stuff to come. Um, NIL, all that stuff. We don't have any major announcements on anything uh, until we get some of this worked out with the craziness that's been. But we want to be part of it, people. It's not us. We're not. We're trying. We're not letting you down, OU fans, by paying our share to the players. I think that's what that's come down to, isn't it? It's just like, you're not supporting the team. I'm going to get in trouble for that. All right. That's going to do it. I think we're uh, we're out of it. Uh, we'll be back again next week. We don't know the date because of what's going on with practices. And uh, I do know before the show, Dusty Dvorak was uh, on the line with me, and he wants to come on next week. So I don't know. Josh, you might get kicked off next week. I don't know how this is going to work out. Maybe we'll just do two. He wants the full experience. Um, he wants to be on from beginning to end. And, of course, Gary oh. said that he's going to have to pass seven different COVID tests to get in this house. So. I'm not really worried about Dusty. I think he would give us immunity just on his own. He's so physically fit. That's cool. I'll let him spit in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we went on spring break together. People forget that. Oh, yeah. He was back in your day, wasn't he? Well, I mean, I was on senior high school spring break. <laughs> And he was on college spring break. But, yeah, we went together. Same plane. All right. We uh, picture together. That's going to do it. We better get out of here before it gets worse. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, remember to keep uh, subscribing. Lots of great content coming out. Uh, lots of great board chats happening every day. Keeping you updated on all the latest. Uh, with everything that's going on, not just with uh, the football team, but with Sooner Scoop and NIL and all that stuff. So, uh, come join us on Soonerscoop.com. We'd love for you to be a member if you haven't jumped in yet. Uh, give us a try. And we'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.